Welcome to Hot, Healthy, Never Hungry, a podcast dedicated to changing the way women eat to lose weight so they can feel their hottest. I'm your host, Lauren Hubert, former fad dieter turned registered dietitian. Each week, I'll share all of my favorite healthy eating tips and swaps, help you through frustrations on your journey, and show you the science behind losing weight. Hot, Healthy, Never Hungry is here to make weight loss simple, fun, and easy to stick to for life. Hello, sexy fit babes. I'm recording this actually before Sam probably even knows this information, but welcome back to another episode of Hot, Healthy, Never Hungry, because we're changing the podcast name. So Sam is getting this information, but as this goes live, all of you guys are going to know already, but we are here with an amazing TSN member from the membership who is so iconic. She was a flight attendant. Now she is a pilot and she got prepped for her wedding while being on the road. So for all you ladies that are like, I am traveling. I can't be on track. You have no excuse. I don't care if you're a work warrior and you're not in the industry of flying planes, like the lovely Samantha who's here, but you can lose weight and still be on track and live a very healthy lifestyle, even in a high stress environment with sometimes changing time zones and changing sleep schedules and lots of things on your plate and while eating out on the go. So without further ado, I'm so pumped for this conversation. It's been a few weeks in the making. So welcome, Sam. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm I'm an avid podcast listener of yours. So (laughs) love it. So I want to first start off with the goal for your wedding as we talk about the flying piece, because it seems like you've always been in the air literally and had um, this job that required you to not be home. So really briefly, when you decided you wanted to lose weight for your wedding and knowing just the environment that you were in, what went into the decision to start to lose weight? And really, how did you begin to navigate that knowing that your journey wasn't going to be like the traditional weight loss journey where you're meal prepping every single meal at home. Cause that, that wouldn't even be possible for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it definitely is just not in the picture for me at all. And I think kind of my breaking point was, um, we got engaged. Oh gosh, it was February of last year. And I remember my parents were there. They took a video and I watched the video back and I was so excited to be engaged, but all I saw was how uncomfortable, like I felt. And I, I saw how uncomfortable I, I was. It just, I couldn't even post pictures. Um, oh, wow. I, so you didn't even want to post your engagement photos. Yeah. I just, it was Stop. like the biggest breaking point and like the, it was the final straw. And so I came back from that and was trying to figure out like what I was going to do and how I was going to lose weight. I struggled a lot and I gained a lot because when I was a flight attendant, I was always up and moving. And then all of a sudden I was now in a job where I have to sit at the flight controls the entire time. Oh, interesting. Cause you were always on your feet. So you were able to get in a lot of steps and then becoming a pilot, you're sitting on your ass literally all day, especially if it was a longer flight. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, you know, and then I'm working with all these guys that just, I mean, they shovel down the food. Extremely male dominated industry for sure. So, um, and then, you know, you get on your layover and you're trying to build a rapport with your captain and they're always like, Hey, let's go grab a beer. And so usually I'm on the layover, go grab a beer. And that stuff starts to add up really quick. Um, Oh my, I mean, I'm just hearing you talk. I'm like all the things that get people off track not having a consistent schedule day to day, 
being invited out for work-related events, being in a very sedentary job, despite your going all these different places, like very sedentary job, like not being able to just eat when you want, even, you know, put it that way, all of these barriers. And you were like, you know what? I still want to lose weight. Exactly. Well, and then I was, you know, realizing too, like then I was, you know, so tired and I felt like I just, when I came home, I didn't have the energy to even go work out and I was making excuses. And so finally I put my foot down. I was like, okay. So I started really the biggest thing that I started, I was living in Wisconsin at the time. So um, we, my fiance and I, at the time we joined the gym and I would just go walk on the treadmill and I would just start to, you know, get steps in that way. And then I couldn't really figure out the best way for eating. So I was, you know, always looking on Instagram and TikTok or, you know, things like that to get inspired. And I would say maybe midsummer is when I came across your account and I started following you. And it just was like the most realistic approach that I could infuse into my life. And so um, I started going on walks outside and listening to your podcast. And that was like my full circle moment, (laughs) favorite thing to do. Um, And I would not finish a walk until I had listened to your entire podcast. And then I started like re-listening to them in the car on the way to the airport. And then I started really trying to figure out what I was going to pack to eat. And I mean, some of my flying shifted at that job. I was flying day trips, but they were it was eight and a half hours of flying. So about a 13 hour day, plus an hour drive to the airport and an hour drive back. Cause I was based out of Chicago. I mean, that's a lot of time. That's like 15, 16 hours. Oh, but you know what? I was so proud of myself. I like, I packed snacks. And so I knew I had breakfast on the, you know, on the first flight to, I was flying to Mexico. So I flew mm-hmm. into Mexico and had my breakfast. And then on the way back, I would have a little bento box that I had made. And then when I got in the car, because I knew that was going to be the hardest temptation not to stop somewhere and eat crap. <laughs> um, I always had like a Spindrift club soda and a little bag of that skinny pop just mm-hmm. the, to hold you over until you got home. Over. Then I got home and was able to, you know, whip together something that I wouldn't feel guilty about eating or that didn't make me feel like crap. So I think sometimes we kind of not try to talk about the topic, but weight loss does take sacrifices, but it's how you view the sacrifices. And for you, it was an empowered decision. Like you could have stopped on the way home. You could have done this or that, but you made the choice knowing your lifestyle, knowing your environment to have the snack, pack things ahead of time, and then make the choice for this short period of time. As you kind of like jump started your weight loss journey to be like, Hey, you know, I'm not going to go out to eat. I'm going to whip something up at home. And it can feel depriving, I think, for people at times. And I'm curious how it felt for you. But what I'm just hearing is it was so much of an empowered decision. Like I am making the choice to do this so I can get this result. And I think there's a difference between just like mindlessly cutting out foods versus having intention for why you're deciding to eat at home and why you're deciding not to get the takeout, even though it's the easy option. Yeah. And it was, I mean, I definitely did feel deprived at like certain points. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It it wasn't. And that's why I wanted to bring it up. Cause I I mean, even I feel that way sometimes when you're trying to be healthy and like choose what's good for you, like the choice isn't always easy. Like, and I want to highlight that, like this shit isn't easy. Weight loss is not always supposed to feel so freaking easy and rainbows of butterflies. Yeah. And it, you know, and especially like getting back into the groove and I even find it like, you know, coming back, I I really fell off the wagon around the holidays. Um, or I guess it was right before the holidays. We sold our house in Wisconsin. 
I started a new job. Two of my best friends got married, one in Philadelphia, one in Vail, Colorado. So we were traveling all over for that. And we moved from Wisconsin to Georgia. And it was just, I mean, it was like a whirlwind. And I just, I could barely keep up with everything else day to day. And so it slid, but it was, you know, so I, I went through that sacrifice phase again, um, getting back on track and every luckily doing it the second time, I was like, I know it's worth it though. I know I'm going to feel so much better. And that's honestly the big, been the biggest driving factor in all of it is yes, it is wonderful to see the weight go down. It is absolutely wonderful to look at that scale number. And I take my measurements like every week and to see the progress, but I have so much more energy. I feel so much better. I feel a lot more confident and that confidence just exudes in everything else that I do. You know, walking through the airport, I feel like I hold my head up a little bit higher. I mean, I just take a lot more pride in how I look and how I feel. And it just, it, it changes everything in my life. So it's amazing how just something like that can really, you know, catapult you in a different direction. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you're, you always start the journey for the weight loss and it is so sweet when you see the progress on the scale and how like your hard work is adding up, but I really just think in your living proof of this, like you keep up with the changes because it makes you feel so good. And then the cherry on top is hell. Yeah. I also look good too. Um, and it's it just like, it's a cohesive system, but, you know, thinking of, um, a lot of like the pilot stuff being in airports and like all your healthy tricks and swaps and, you know, all of that, I want to talk about that. But before we do that for context, how much weight did you lose while flying and honestly being always on the road before your wedding? I lost, uh, I think the final weigh in before I left for my wedding, um, two weeks ago, I want to say it ended up being 23 pounds that I lost. And what's crazy is it was really slow. I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't like overnight, but, um, and so it was so gradual. I, I noticed I was losing weight. Obviously the the number doesn't lie and the, the inches didn't lie. Yeah. Biggest. It was almost a giant fiasco. Um, I went for my final wedding dress fitting and I had lost a significant amount of inches because that was like when I started really noticing the inches coming off more than the pound, like the, mm-hmm. yep. and I put on my wedding dress, which was supposed to fit perfectly. And I looked oh, yeah. up and I could see through like the chest area all the way down to the floor. And I was like, uh-oh. Uh oh, is right. I will not be responsible for people's wedding dress fiascos. I actually remember you DM'd me when we first had our conversation about that. Um, really important. So takeaways for you, ladies, is one: as you get closer to your goal weight, you're going to start to see. Okay, sometimes the scale doesn't change as much, and it's more actually your body composition changing, like loses losing inches. So damn, with living proof of this. And two, the second piece I wanted to highlight is I love how you're highlighting like you had this really big start and you were losing weight and then you plateaued and you got off track and, you know, things got in the way and then you just picked back up and you knew exactly how to get back on track. And that is honestly the norm. I think we see magazines and things on social media where it's like, oh, you're just going to lose weight. It's going to be this line that's straight every week you lose a pound. And it's like, that's not real life. That's not how anything works. This is a normal weight loss story. This is probably 99.9% of people, what happens to them. It's never just this straightforward journey. And I think ultimately what's really cool is you're over 20 pounds down while flying 
while eating on the go. Um, so of course we need to pick your brain for all your tips and tricks. So, um, when you think about being on track on the road constantly, what do you do for food? Cause sometimes I know you're not always packing food with you. And sometimes it's just not possible, right? Like if you're staying somewhere overnight for most people that even my clients, I'm like, you know, you're probably not going to pack, you know, 10 meals when you're on the road. <laughs> it's unrealistic. So when you do have to buy food on the road, how do you navigate that in the airport? And also how does that change depending on the airport that you're in? Like Atlanta is very different than like a rural airport in like Louisiana. Yes. So, um, well, the one thing that I, I do, I honestly, if I do pack food, I'll just be upfront. I usually pack food maybe for the first day and that's it because Love it's, it. you know, if you're going to have a refrigerator or it's just, it gets, and I also, I guess I just don't like to eat something that I've like kind of like half-ass kept. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, also I don't know how it works with pilots and I'm sure just, just from what I understand of this industry, you get put in hotels, especially also like weather changes and things like that. But, um, even for my clients that like travel for work, it's like, well, one, we know hotels are not going to have a microwave typically and two, some hotels don't have fridges nowadays. And it literally happens so often to my clients. Yeah. And there's, I just, so I don't, I don't bank on having either of those, but realistically I pack snacks. That's really what I, that's been like my saving grace because then if I get in a situation like I'm in, you know, and I don't have a lot of time between my flights or whatnot, then I'm not grabbing like everything in sight on the airplane. Like I'm not grabbing all the potato chips from first class and I'm not all of that stuff. So, um, the healthy snacks that don't expire, you know, having some almonds, I always like to bring my chocolate covered almonds. That's like my favorite little, just pick me up. And I have the little hundred calorie packs that I just, that's like a saving grace to me of protein bars, you know, my little Costco protein bars. I love those. Oh yeah. They're great. Um, but just stuff to kind of that are high protein. I kind of, I look at the ingredients, look at making sure they're, you know, a reasonable amount of calories. And then knowing that this is going to be my snack to hold me over until I get a really good meal. And then I can make a sane decision on what I want but as far as like in the airport, I am a sucker for, for Chick-fil-A. I, uh, me too. <laughs> so, um, but I love Chick-fil-A because I can, I, I have found what works best for me, which is, um, I either get the grilled nuggets or the regular nuggets. Cause I know they're high in protein. It's, you know, the high nug- or the regular nuggets are like my little kind of treat, you know, and I know that they're not the best, but I also know that they're high in protein. And so like a little Friday flight moment versus like maybe Monday motivation. We do the grilled, we do the grilled. And then actually what I, (laughs) I do a lot is I will get them or I'll ask them just for the filet, um, for the grilled chicken filet and nothing else. And it's like super cheap. I want to say the last time, I think last week when I got it at the Atlanta airport, they charged me like three bucks. I mean, which is great. Airport food. Oh yeah. So, I mean, you kind of start to piece together some stuff. The, like when I get to the the chicken from Chick-fil-A, sometimes I'll pop over if there's like another little local restaurant that has just like a, like a side salad and then like the fat free dressing, there's something else to kind of have that volume. And that's the kind of the stuff that I, I kind of lead towards. My favorite is, um, DCA, uh, Reagan, uh, airport in DC. 
They have a kava in there. <laughs> yes. Oh shit. That's a game changer. Uh, yes. So that's like my absolute favorite. And I fly in and out of there like all the time. So um I make a point to, to go to kava. Yes. That day we're not packing our lunch, baby. No. And so, and it's, uh, that just like makes it so much easier when you like start to discover some of these places, like there's like a Chipotle in the Atlanta airport, there's a Cadoba. Um, I just kind of go off that same formula of like really lots of veggies. I don't really do it. I don't do any like cheese or I I just kind of keep it as basic as possible. Um, And that's good for me. I mean, cause that's when I'm eating it, then I just don't feel gross. I mean- I remember I got suckered in on my, one of my first trips to getting a five guys hamburger from the airport with the captain I was flying with. And I ate it. I felt like crap. And I just, I can't justify doing that stuff anymore because it just takes me out of the game the rest of the day. And like, I can't be a sluggish, you know, person when I need to be kind of on my toes flying. Yeah. And an alert. (laughs) Yeah. Flying a damn airplane. I mean, oh my goodness. And honestly, it's like those choices, if you were at home and you worked a maybe traditional nine to five, or even just like did a work from home moment like me and many women listening to the show, like typically you're not going out on a random Wednesday at 1 PM to get a five guys burger. I mean, sometimes people at the office, maybe it's convenient, but like, you guys know where I'm going with this. Like typically that's more of like a moment, like you're going out, like it's sometimes a little bit more special. And I think what's tough about being so on the go is because your routine is so disrupted or really for you, like this is your routine. Like it is just like a little different than the quote unquote traditional job. Because of that, you have so much more at your fingertips that truthfully, you just wouldn't be tempted with if in other careers, because you wouldn't be like necessarily next to a five guys. Right. But you know, if you're, if you're going for those foods, usually it's more like of a fun moment or, you know, we want to work towards it being more of a fun moment. And it's not for us to shit on and shame any of these foods, but it's like, you, you literally don't feel good when you eat them. And there's a reason for that. It's really high in fat. There's processed carbs, not a lot of fiber and we're not getting phytonutrients and antioxidants. And one time having it is not a big deal, but yeah, like it's interesting when you start to eat healthy, you notice how these things start to really, really affect you. Yes. And, and then, you know, it, it just gets to the point too, where then if I'm like scrambling and I get to the point too, where if I haven't, like, if I've run out of my snacks, if I've run out and like, I haven't planned that well ahead, I start to get the the hanger. Oh, the hanger. Oh my goodness. Wait, I have to ask, have you ever gotten hangry while flying where you had to run to like the first class snacks or whatever snacks oh, yeah. and just had to like eat the sun chips. I mean, that's happened to me and I'm not a pilot. So I can't imagine like you literally at that point need to fuel. Cause you're like blood sugars going down. Exactly. Well, and then like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I need like some sort of pick me up something, but I try, I mean, luckily there are some healthy options at my airline for the first class. Yes. And there They've are had a lot of new ones at your airline, by the way. <laughs> yes. So, which is great. So I love sampling them, you know, so I can give my honest feedback. You have to. Yes. (laughs) But I've realized is if I have time to run off the airplane and just run into like one of those little stores and grab like a Greek yogurt or, you know, I mean that really, the Greek yogurt helps me significantly, um, just cause it's something a little sweet, but it's, you know, has the protein. 
kind of stabilizes me. Yeah. <laughs> um, that or like, you know, you can get like a little hummus and uh, crackers or something like that. Just oh yeah, making those decisions instead of running off and grabbing, you know, a pretzel or Annie Ann's or, you know, there's, there's so, there's so many temptations everywhere. And so I feel like I have to put on blinders sometime and just, and like, just like, per, like, just, just stay focused on the task and the path. Yes. Now I'm so curious. Cause I know, you know, this is a big part of our philosophies inside of the membership and TSN, but meal timings, switching time zones, being at different places, getting disrupted. Did you find yourself eating more flexibly and more like intuitive, mindful, like focusing more on hunger? Or did you try to stick to a meal schedule, a certain amount of meals and snacks and have structure despite your life being kind of unstructured or different day to day? Like, what did that look like for you? I I would say I, I tend to try and be a little bit more structured with like my timing of things. And that's like where like the kind of the thinking ahead comes like, I'll, I'll get my, I'm, I go on call tomorrow. So hopefully in a couple of hours, they'll call me and they'll have a trip for me. So I'll go ahead and look at that trip. And I mean, as weird as it sounds, I will plan out my eating around the trip. That is not weird. Like we wanted this nitty gritty info. Like if you ladies are on the road, want to up-level your weight loss goals, it is not weird to look at menus ahead of time at a restaurant. So why not do that at the airport? And especially now that the pandemic is not that it's like over. Cause I literally, I knew someone yesterday that I got um, COVID from like a podcast I was doing, but in general, like we're kind of past that. Um, it's, it's not weird to look at restaurants ahead of time in the airport. And now I feel like it's more up to date. I mean, you would know better than me, Sam, but it seems to be more up to date. Cause I know when it first happened, like at the Atlanta airport, I would give some clients recommendations and then they'd be like, nothing was opened. I'm like, well, shit, what am I going to do? Um, but now I feel like everything's all up to date, at least in my experience. It definitely is. And you know, the other, the other thing that I do is, if even like when I'm not hungry, I've had my meal, I'm, I'm completely good. I'll still go walk around if I have time between flights because I'm sitting so much that, you know, might as well be moving around. Um, but I'll go walk through these like little shops and stores, um, that sell food and kind of start to mentally take a note of like, okay, that's a good, healthy option. Ooh, that's good to know. I can get something like that there. Or, you know, you start to see, you know, there's a subway. Okay. Ooh, I can, or there's, what was it? The yeah, we, we didn't talk about subway. That's a good one too. Cause you could do loaded veggies on with oh, like Turkey. Yeah. And, and then like Jersey Mike's in the Atlanta airport, you can get the sub in a tub. I mean, you can start to like, yeah. So there, there are some options, but they're in different concourses. I mean, a lot of it depends on what, you know, what you're going out of, um, what gate you are out of, but you know, in the international terminal, there's a thing called nature's table and they have like a huge fruit salad thing that you can get, you know, it's like, you kind of walk through the line and tell them what you want, but I, I usually get like, you know, a side of fruit and then a side of hummus and carrots and veggies, you know, to dip it in. And that's my random little thing that I like to do there. I mean, and a lot of it just depends on, you know, how much time you have, but for someone who does a lot of airport appreciation. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Wait, you're reminding me of something that I always share with people. Cause I'm, I, it appears that I'm cutting the line, but I'm not, but you can order ahead at Starbucks in the airport. Now you got to make sure it's the right terminal. Cause that's a big like issue with it. And I made that mistake before, but that's my hack, especially like I fly a lot to LAX as many of you guys know from our travels and, you know, work stuff. But yeah, that LAX Starbucks line is so long. Cause I fly Delta a lot and you have to order ahead. Cause it's like the international term.
terminal plus like the regular like Delta terminal. Cause it's, it's a little weird at LAX, but yeah, even in Boston, the line for Starbucks, sometimes people wait like 25 minutes, but the only thing I'll say is sometimes when you do order ahead, at least at the one in Boston, it's taken them like sometimes 20 to 30 minutes to even fulfill my order, even when I've done it ahead of time. But yeah, if you're tight on time, know that you can order ahead of time too. Yeah. The ordering ahead is huge. Um, and then like there are certain airports too. Oh, where was I? I was in Raleigh, Durham two days ago and they had these like little lockers that you can like order ahead from like all these different restaurants. I, okay. I, that's cool. I thought that was kind of neat. I was, I'm anxious to go fly back through there and <laughs> learn some more about it. But, um, that and then they had a Jason's Deli in the airport. Oh, I love Jason's Deli. I'm I'm curious what it was like in the airport. Like, did they have the whole salad bar where you could kind of mix and match things, or was it more like a condensed menu? It was more of a condensed menu, but they had like a lot of good options for like their like lower calorie like wraps. And then they had like build your own sandwich, and they had a, they had a build your own salad. I think that's just like what replaces because. I don't think they can do the salad bar. I don't know. Yeah. I was going to say they're probably kind of limited for space in college. Actually, when I was like that hardcore, not healthy vegetarian that many of you guys heard me talk about a a good part of college was also how much veggies I did eat because I was very salad obsessed. And I will say Jason's deli till this day. Like if I was in a pinch and like, I really needed something, especially in the more like not that Florida's rural, but like I've driven a lot through Florida and sometimes there's not like a whole foods nearby or something like there's a lot of, oftentimes a lot of Jason's deli and, um, there's a lot of mix and match options that you can do there too. Kind of similar to Panera, but like, I like actually Jason's deli better than Panera in my opinion. I do too. And what I also love is, um, so being on the airplane, it's, it gets like so cold and everything. And yeah. I just want like a hot meal. A lot of times that's been like a really big driving factor in like figuring out some hot options that I can get. And Jason's is great because I can go get a cup of soup and, you know, something like that. And that is just kind of warms you up. And to me, sometimes I think being cold, I end up eating a lot more <laughs> than, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, <laughs> maybe that's just a personal thing, but <laughs> yeah. And we're getting into such nitty gritty. How do you deal with hydration? I mean, obviously I know you can get like tons of fluids on the plane and especially with like the cabin, obviously you're in at the front of the plane, but with the dehydration piece and just being in the air so much. And most people that listen to this, if they're flying, it's like, you go to a place and then you're there for a little bit and then you're coming back and yeah. then you're done but this is like a repetitive thing for you all the time. So I'm not sure for you, like, does that impact your hydration and how you feel? And you know, what what does that look like for you? It definitely does. Um, I carry a refillable water bottle. Um, and that's kind of like my go-to, I try and drink a full one each flight and bless my, you bless my (laughs) lovely flight attendants for all the bathroom breaks that I have to take. Um, (laughs) Yes. Wait, every time. But it makes a world of difference because you get dehydrated so much faster um, when you're flying. And it, I mean, it's amazing. Like I've, when I first started, I didn't realize like how quickly you get dehydrated. If you go like a whole day without drinking water, you feel like crap the next day. Which can somehow happen in the time warp of being on a plane. I mean, I don't know what it's like to be in the pilot seat, but I know for me, like in the, in the back of the plane, like, like it's, it's like, sometimes it's almost like your thirst. I don't have research on this, but I feel like sometimes your thirst just like goes to the side for a moment on the plane. Like sometimes I forget to drink water, but I like, know I need to have it. And then I, I get so dehydrated when I land. 
So I, yeah, I try and just do the reusable water bottle. That's been really helpful for me. Um, or I'll bring like my Yeti, um, that has the straw because for some reason, if I drink out of a straw, I end up drinking more. I don't know. I try and find every little trick that I can to encourage myself to drink more water. Um, and then I do carry the liquid IV packets, um, just for the extra electrolytes. I try and usually do one of those usually midday, especially if it's a really long day of flying. And then that way, when I get to the hotel, I don't feel that bad. (laughs) Well, also talking about fluid changes, also scale fluctuations. I'm curious how that's impacted you. Cause they always talk about that with clients. Have you noticed a lot of scale fluctuations because of how much pressure changes and dehydration based stuff you're, you're dealing with? Yes. Um, so that is, that's kind of why I started to do the measurements. Um, but I, I bloat really badly and I retain water and it's not, I mean, I will come home from like a long trip and I will just, I'll, feel like, you know, like I always tell my husband, I feel like a Macy's day blimp, you know? <laughs> well, I can't even imagine being on a plane every day. Like I, if I go on a trip, like it takes me a week, not from the food choices I had on the trip. Like it takes me a week from the flying, especially if it's a longer flight, you know, going to Florida from Boston is very different than like the Boston to LAX flight. I take like that shit six hours in one of the directions. Like it's basically going to Europe. Like <laughs> It's a, that's a really long flight. So. It is a long flight. I don't know why I put myself through it anyway. Um, you know, what? it's, but it, you start, I think the more you do it, the more you start to get used to it. But that's one thing that's with the hydration that I have found. If I do a really good job about staying hydrated, I don't see as much bloating. Um, but I do see a scale fluctuation, obviously, because I've drank a ton of water, but it was a little, I'm not going to lie. It was a little, it's like a little disheartening sometimes yeah. you come back and you're like, did I really gain weight? I ate really well. Like I made sure I got my steps in. Like I tried to go to the hotel gym. I tried to do this and that can be a little discouraging, but then like usually the next morning I will weigh myself and I'll be like completely fine again. So it'll, it'll regulate. So I try and like, I monitor my weight and I, I remember listening from one of your other podcasts. I actually do track my weight or I try to every single day. That was going to be my next question, which I think is good when you're in an industry where you're on the road so much also, and I guess the scale piece, but you're always going and coming back home and then you're still sleeping in your bed at night. So it's a little different from what I understand, at least for the majority, but Yeah. Like, because you do it so much, I almost think it's like so many women ask me, okay, well, what's my raw weight? Like, should I wait till the day? Like I know that it's gone, but it's like, if you're always flying, it's never going to be gone. So it's just something that goes into our interpretation, but ultimately you're still going to see the trend over time. Like if you're going to lose 23 pounds, like you're going to see that shit over time. And that's what (laughs) happens. Exactly. So it was like good for me to see the daily fluctuations. And I, I even got to the point where I was like weighing myself, for a while, I was weighing myself in the morning and then at night before I went to bed, just to kind of see what is like a normal trend for me. Or some of it too was to, to sensitize me from that number. Um, so I realized that it, that's not the end all be all. That's not, you know, that doesn't, it only holds a little bit of information in the big picture. And that was kind of hard to wrap my head around at the 
beginning. And there are still times like when, right when we got back from our honeymoon, um, like I walked to the door and I stepped on that scale and I was like, Oh my God. Wait, that (laughs) happened to me after our honeymoon too. I was like, okay, we got to reel this shit in a little bit. Exactly. So, I mean, but then I, you know, then the next day I stepped on and I was like down two more pounds from that. And I was like, I don't and yeah, And you're like, well, you know, props to me for getting back on track, but like, we know this shit ain't two pounds of fat either yeah, exactly. that I dropped. You're like, I didn't do that overnight. So, oh my goodness, Sam, this episode beyond iconic, I want you to give to end it off three rapid fire tips. If you are traveling and on your weight loss journey and you want to be on track, what are your top three tips? Go. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, <laughs> I put you on the spot. Number one, um, preparation is key. Come prepared with some healthy snack options, um, something that can hold you over until you can make a smart decision on what you want (laughs) to actually eat. And uh, you can kind of come up with a game plan. The second one is if you have time before, like between your flights, um, I know we were talking about this earlier, walk, walk between your gates. Don't take the, if you have the option to not take the tram or the train, Um, Or if you can just walk among the gates just to get some extra steps in, um, that's going to help. And that'll help you, honestly, when you get to wherever you're going, because you are sitting so still and those seats are not comfortable. So you'll feel so much better if you got some movement um, prior to getting on your flight. And then three is really the I think the hydration. I think that's a really good point. Um, because it also will put your appetite in perspective. I mean, I know you're hungry. Yes, you're definitely hungry, but if you, if you have there's a little bit of gray area though, my my husband and I always talk about that. (laughs) There is. And like, it's like, okay, stay hydrated. And that, that usually also like helps just in so many other aspects as well, but that would be, those would be like my three rapid fire ones on the spot. Oh, I love it. Wait. And also you're so right. I'm full of fun, random facts from various strange and crazy jobs that I've had, but I do know from my experience in sports nutrition, hydration is involved with concentration and focused as well. So when you're dehydrated, you can't focus as well, which is why like military people went totally off topic, but like shooting guns, like that kind of stuff, their hydration is so important. But then when you're like on a mission, you can't get, you know, food in the normal way. But anyway, food is important for hydration and blood sugar management, but hell yes. Shout out to water on today's not flight on today's podcast. (laughs) I love it. Thanks for being on the show, Sam. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me.